You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, aka Rep. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm joined today, as always, by Greg Campbell. He's a partner, realtor, Blue Panda Realty. David Warren, he's an owner, referral mortgages, expert mortgage agent. And uh, I am also an owner at referral mortgages and an expert mortgage agent. And uh, we're here today. We're here today to talk about mortgages, real estate, whatever else we want to talk about. Quick shout out to our producer, Steve, the man that makes this, uh, makes this happen, keeps it all together. And also to our uh, coffee sponsor, North Brew Coffee. If you uh, if you're interested, go to northbrew.ca. Check it out. They got great coffee, and uh, if you use the promo code podcast, they'll even give you twenty percent off your order, as many times as you want. Indefinite discount. Welcome yes. to the show. If it's your first time listening, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Greg, What's David, on, on? Greg, Greg, you look very uh, stone like today. <laughs> very stoic. I'm very, just gonna very stoic. I should I should have given you a serious pick. Eh? It would have made it more fun, but uh, you know, it's just something about that pick that makes me makes me happy. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. How was the week? It's been great. We're at the uh, yeah. If anyone's wondering who's watching here, not just listening, I'm up at the uh, up at the cottage with my family. Uh, we've been having a great time. Uh, <laughs> some time to had some actual time to shut off, but. Uh, been back online since Tuesday and, you know, making sure that everything keeps moving. I love that Greg has become a ventriloquist on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a bit of a, I had a fun situation this week with, uh, I've been dealing with the, uh, the appliance saga right now. Um, I personally had ordered an appliance in February and, uh, it's was originally supposed to come in April and then got moved to June, June 30th. And then on June 28th, they decided to tell me that, uh, sorry, won't be June 30th. It's going to be August 26th now. I said, okay, oh. sure. No worries. And then, uh, just last week it went from August 26th to October 28th. So we're just moving down the calendar uh, as far as expected. So I was telling a story to, uh, to a friend yesterday and he told me about, uh, something that happened to one of his colleagues. Uh, I'll give you the Coles notes, but essentially, uh, he ordered in December. So before everything went kind of c- crazy, uh, in early 2021. And he followed up in February. He was supposed to get it in January, followed up in February. Um, they, uh, looked into it, um, said they'd get back to him. Uh, but two weeks later, he hadn't heard from them. This is a, a local store that handles hardware and things of that nature. And, uh, so he followed up in, uh, in February, they said, we'll get back to you. Never heard from them. He followed up with them in March and they said, uh, said, Oh, we thought we got back to you. And he, uh, he said, Nope, no, you never, uh, you never got back to me. So, uh, what's up? He's like, well, uh, it turns out that the manufacturer contacted us and uh, had no record of your order. <laughs> so, uh, so we have to start from scratch again. Um, so he had wow. to literally in March after ordering in December reorder, um, and to be fair, he did get it within, I think, six weeks after that point. It was some, it was like a, I mean, I say reasonable, but you know, within a reasonable time frame in comparison, 
Um, but we were discussing it and I think this is, I know this has been an issue with car manufacturers. Um, but I think it has to do with the, uh, the chip shortage. I know Dave, you, yeah. we were talking about this recently that there's a chip shortage for cars. Lots of cars have been manufactured sitting on lots without the necessary chips to make them function since they're, you know, moving computers now. And I have to believe that this appliance shortage slash, you know, turf war, whatever the hell it is, um, is due to the same issue. Dave, do you have any insight on that? Yeah. Like it seems to be across the board. Um, I don't know if it's the, uh, I, I know, I don't know if it's the, um, the material that's needed or the plants producing them, but I, but there's like a worldwide shortage affecting boats, appliances, like RVs, uh, vehicles. And so there's, yeah, it's a huge, uh, a huge problem. Yeah. I can actually speak to that for a change. Yeah. This is, this yeah, is like, no. it, it's, it's literally everywhere. Uh, it is affecting every industry. Uh, it's been a huge thing uh, for me in terms of equipment uh, and the availability of things like new products are being announced. And then they're like, well, it's actually delayed eight months because we have no capacity to actually manufacture the thing. Um, and I don't I don't know for sure. I think some of this is like exacerbated by if you guys remember that boat that got stuck in the canal uh, earlier yeah. this year yeah. uh, like that, you know, like as it was only a month, but it set back international shipping. Like it's a massive, massive delay globally. Um, so yeah. It, it, and like we put chips in everything now, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I literally, I saw last week that Ikea is coming out with a side table that is an air purifier. So that means you can buy an end table at Ikea that has <laughs> a computer chip in it as an air fire. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That was going to be the next thing. I mean, five years ago, they were talking about smart everything, you know, smart toasters, yeah. smart side tables. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, I guess when I think of the date extension, when I, I'm talking personally, um, it just makes me realize that they genuinely have absolutely no idea when this is going to be rectified. Like if they're pushing it out still four months and that's just a, a hopeful date, it's not even like a firm date. That's kind of like, well, mm -hmm. we'll give you an update around that date. You know, yeah. I mean, they literally have no idea still when they're going to be getting these chips because, you know, the, the, the fridges, the cars, the stoves, whatever, they're all built already. They're just missing yeah. these pieces to be able to ship them out. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting and, uh, it's definitely affecting a lot of industries as Steven mentioned. But, but then it also on the real, you know, bring it back to real estate. I mean, that also people buying a new build, um, mm -hmm. builders are ordering, you know, thousands of sets of appliances and there's likelihood that you might close on your property without appliances. And it's a, an IOU kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard any, uh, any horror stories yet from, from anyone. I don't know if you have Greg or Paul, but, uh, but certainly I can see that happening if it hasn't already. Have either, have either of you, uh, had any clients or, or spoken to anyone that's so I, uh, to answer your question, Dave, I haven't heard of anyone with a new build, but I have heard of other people that are having even worse experiences than, than my own personal. Like I know some people have been given dates of like February, March of next year. Um, I know even my daughter is working for an interior design firm and they're saying for kitchens, like kitchen installs, they're booking into spring of next year, just even just for countertops and everything else. Like everything is, uh, a huge Crazy. shortage, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously just a, a ripple from the last six months, but you know, in the last six months, you've still been able to book in quick succession. So I'm surprised to hear now that things are open, that the delays are still so Happen. far out. You think it would slowly yeah. start to roll back this way, 
you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I just no, did a, uh, we just got a quote from a window company for a house in, uh, in Cumberland. And there was only one that could make it happen in by January. And they were the, also the only ones that install in January. Mm. Yeah. It would be so, tough you know, to install a window like, in yeah, January. I would imagine. No, I know they have, like they have parameters obviously for what works to do a good install in the winter, but, mm. uh, they just, you know, everyone else I called, they're like, no, we're installing like next spring. Um, these guys were like, no, we can do it in January and we can do the install in January. That, yeah. that does so, remind me of talking about windows. There is a, uh, there is a government grant, uh, window grant for $5,000 out there. People, um, you can I've told a lot on. of people about that since you mentioned it, Dave. Yeah. You can go on the, uh, on the government site for it, register, they send out a somebody to assess your home for uh, energy efficiency and recommend, you know, whether it be doors, windows, caulking around, you know, your vents or what have you insulation. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for windows and doors, they'll, uh, you can get up to $5,000, uh, towards that. So something to check out if you haven't already or in need of windows yeah, and doors. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm going to send that to my guys. That's great. Thanks. Something I have seen. We're here to save money and give great advice. Um, one thing I have been asked a lot recently and something we've been running into Dave, I know yourself and myself is, um, just condos, uh, condo fees, association fees, basically what, you know, what they cover, what they don't cover kind of made me think of it when you mentioned the windows, because typically when you're paying condo fees, they'll cover everything on the exterior of the home. So right up until kind of your, um, your sewer backup in your basement, they kind of cover right up until that, but anything inside the home is typically your responsibility. Um, but one thing that we've seen more specifically recently is, uh, self-managed condos. So condos, condo corporations or condo condominium complexes, excuse me, that are not managed by an official, you know, numbered condo corp, which is, I don't want to say the standard, but that's, you know, the majority of condominiums are, are managed by condo corps. So we've been seeing, sorry, Dave. I was just gonna say professional property management companies. Yes. That know. Yeah. So self-managed condos would be, you know, typically it's a smaller set of units. So, you know, 10 to 50 units. And instead of paying for a professional management company, they typically will manage them themselves and they'll just have, you know, an internal board with, you know, treasure and so on and so forth. And then they, you know, they collect the money, they, they get their own quotes and so on. But a lot of lenders, uh, will kind of scrutinize those, those files or those properties a little more in depth because they want to make sure that, uh, you know, it's being self-managed properly. And, uh, and we've, we've, we've come across it. I've seen it more recently than I've seen it in the past eight years. So I know Dave, you, maybe if you want to, I don't know, give, give an explanation further into that, or I don't know if, uh, maybe you can give yeah, an example. I mean, of the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's exactly as you said, um, typically most condos are managed by a property professional property management company. They do all the audits. They handle the, you know, the financials. You do have a board made up of the people that live within the condo. Um, but you do have a third party scrutinizing that helps with financials, making sure uh, reserve funds are there or managing repairs and maintenance, things like that. Um, as well as getting like engineering studies. And so the self-managed ones, um, I guess in the past, uh, and current there, uh, are, they're more prone to having issues, uh, with their, the funds being collected, um, condo fees, not in being increased pr appropriately. Uh, because it's being managed by 
the people living there, they're saying, well, no, we're not going to raise condo fees. Um, even though there's work repairs needing to be done because they mm. themselves are not wanting to pay more in condo fees. Um, and so it ends up in some of those cases and, and not just that, but in other aspects as well, that, you know, deferred maybe maintenance that causes issues. And so the banks look at it as well. Um, you know, these are, these are, you know, not as reliable necessarily, um, condos or, or financials, or they've had the investigation. So the bank, there's a lot of banks that just flat out won't lend on condos that are self-managed. Uh, or if they do, they require like two years financials of the condo board, like six to six months to two years of the minutes, the meeting minutes, um, like, you know, all the condo documents, it's, it's a really in-depth that they want up front and they're then sending the file still to the risk department. You know, I have one right now that, uh, self-managed as well, that, uh, um, finally just got the approval back with Scotia after, you know, over a month. And, um, and that was, they had to go to their risk department and they had to scrutinize it, even though CMHC was on board and they're fine with it. The bank's um, still do their due diligence. So, you know, for that file, it was, you know, submitted July 7th and I just got the commitment yesterday, um, because of the added due diligence. So if you're for realtors out there or, um, home buyers, um, looking at a self-managed condo, you know, take an extra level of scrutiny to it or have your lawyer scrutinize the condo corp docs and financials. If there's special assessments or deferred maintenance, these are going to be issues and you're going to have trouble getting financing for them. Um, and so just something to be aware of. And, and also for buyers buying these properties, you're not going to have the pick of the litter of, of banks that will do them as well. So, you know what you you're, you're not going to have as many options for rates or, or different products, things like that. So just to be mindful of that. Did, were you aware of that, Greg? Did you know that that was uh, like that that would cause uh Further scrutiny. No. Stena is saying that no, uh, well, two, two, two comments. Hanif says condo corps are mucho expensive. Um, <laughs> he says, as I say this after living in my house for 34 years. And then uh, Stena also <laughs> said self-managed condo corps sound very risky. So I wouldn't, I mean, risky, I think is a, a bit too yeah, I don't know about that. negative of a word. Like mm -hmm. I think, it, did they just require further in-depth review? You know, because you, you could have some people... Um, you know, you may have a small condominium that has, you know, 10 to 15 units and, and you might have one or two people that are, you know, take it very seriously and are very diligent and, and manage it even better than some of the professional corps. But the lenders just want to make sure that that is the case and that you're not dealing with, uh, Every... people. Sorry, but... sorry, dude. I'm like, no, go uh, ahead. maybe I'm choppy here. The, the, um, the last one that I did that was self-managed was amazing. And it's in Orleans and the guy I've done three deals in there over the years. And it's still the same guy who manages it. And he's like totally on the ball. And like every time it, it's like, you know, no, no problem at all. Status certificate's been great flying colors. Um, but yeah, I, like I can imagine that some of them like that are just people just don't pay attention. I also know that, you know, with, uh, some of them that are self-managed, the, uh, <laughs> you know, the board yeah, is not, uh, is not great. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's just a, uh, I think with it, like I said, the, um, they have the, it's the typically the condo 
corp and board and property manager that looks at the reserve fund. They also have audits or, or review from uh, their accountants and, um, or in other cases, appraisal firms that will go in and look at that of what would be needed or what should be set aside for reserve funds. But again, you know, self-managed, they're deciding what they want to put in and, and maybe they're shorting that instead, uh, which is not necessarily, yeah. uh, helpful as opposed to a third party that's saying, okay, like, you know, it's removed that personal connection and, and they're just saying, no, we need to increase 3% to make sure with the rise in costs. And we know that these are coming up, but, uh, but anyways, I mean, for sure. condos are still like, there's still great ones. Like Greg said out there and not to be, um, don't be scared of them or anything like that. Just, just more so it's, uh, you know, food for thought that when you're looking at them that that they are going to be scrutinized more heavily by the banks and and there are uh, you know quite a number of them that won't lend on them um, and it'll and definitely it, be disclosed so it's not something that you need to worry about them uh you know sweeping it under the rug or anything like that hmm. yeah um greg what speaking of condo fees what's the uh what would you say currently is kind of like the average condo fee in ottawa and and follow up <laughs> what's the highest condo fee you've seen that's for my own personal interest uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, I think on average, you're honestly probably you're in the $450 range. Mm-hmm. Um, the highest one that I've seen recently is 1600. Mm-hmm. That, that is a $2 million new penthouse. Okay. I, I, so there's I, a I'm reason for that. that. There's a luxury tax there. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's all over the map and people still think, you know, I'm going to try to find something with a low condo fee, but you really got to investigate it and understand, um, you know, why is the condo fee so low? (laughs) You know, is it going to jump through the roof soon? Um, or if Mm -hmm. the condo fee is higher, why did it get so high and what was done to create that? Um, you know, you just want to make sure if it wasn't, I mean, if it's bad management, bad management gets replaced generally. Um, but uh, you really, I mean, you just, you got to be super diligent. I had trouble selling one recently because the, uh, the, the asphalt, the, the roads, like the walkways, everything, it was just, it was terrible. And um, there was talk of a special assessment and the condo fee was already 450. So a lot of people just kind of couldn't justify spending the price on the property um, versus a potential condo fee increase you know, 450, maybe going to 500 or 450 in a special assessment of like, you know, 3,500 bucks on each unit to help pay for mm-hmm. what wasn't left in the reserve fund, you know? So you got to make the decision too. If you're buying a condo, like, are you going to stay there for a while? Does that bother you? Do you think it's being managed? Well, like you listen to your lawyer's advice when they review the status certificate. Yeah. And go uh, knock, go door knock, like literally talk to some of the neighbors and ask absolutely. like, how is how is this, how do you like this neighborhood? Like, how is it taken care of? Is it maintained well? Is the snow removed in the winter? Like they say it is, you know, um, no, do your own due diligence. Like the condo that I had, the condo I had that I lived in for years was, was amazing. Like the fees went up gradually as they always do, but they did everything like roof windows, like paving, uh, new balconies, fence, new handrails, um, they did it all. And then we finally had a special assessments after owning it for what, 15 years because they went to replace all the siding. And then there was, um, they found a bit of mold in one of the air in two of the buildings, some water got in. So anyways, we had to pitch in, it was 3,600 bucks for every unit 
but I mean, I was happy to pay it to know that, it, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, that's, that's a good case. I think that was a well-run condo. I was on the board for a bit, but that, uh, I didn't, uh, I think there's, there are big differences point. in condo fees and what they cover as well. So, um, you know, condo fees are determined in most cases by the square are in all cases determined, especially in a building based on square footage of the unit, um, will make up what that condo fee in a, in a condo building of what that unit's condo fees will be. I will say that my, my record for the highest I've seen is 3000 a month for condo fees. Um, but, uh, but, um, but they, but there are some, and it's something to be mindful of is, is that in most cases it does cover your water. Um, like Paul said, all the exterior of the home, the roof, the windows, the siding, um, your walkway, anything like that, yard maintenance, typically like lawn or whatever. Um, but also, yeah, water. So instead of paying, you know, that 50 bucks a month in your water bill, you're, you know, having that included. And in some condo buildings, towers, they do include heat as well. So some that might be in the, uh, the four to 500 range for, you know, a 700 square foot or 800 or even a thousand square foot condo. They, some of them do include heat, um, which again, when you keep that in mind and, you know, reduce that hundred dollars as well, um, it's something to be factored in. Uh, to your decision. But it, you know, I know a lot of people that prefer condos because they only have to worry about the inside, the exteriors, you know, yes, they're paying monthly, but it, they kind of don't have to have that. They don't have that uh, looming over their head of, of like a surprise uh, or like the $12,000 roof job that, you know, springs up on them kind of thing. So my yeah. first, yes. my first, my first home was a uh, condo row, row home and condo fees were reasonable when we moved in. I think they were th- I think there were 295 or something when I moved in, which was pretty reasonable. This was 2011. And uh, I was the last house on the row before the, before the sewer, I should say, sorry, it wasn't, um, I wasn't an actual end unit, but I was the last house before where the sewer to the city went. So uh, I had three sewer backups in the seven years I lived there. And the last one was basically in my mind, the last straw, because, uh, it was a little, uh, intensive to try to fix that. So they had to come remediate We were like millimeters away from it, touching the wall, which then would have had to, you know, we would have had to tear out the whole basement and it was a, it was a disaster. So long story short, condo did some investigative work into the, uh, the sewer lines and so on. It turned out that there was a kink in the actual pipes going to the city. So what happened is that there was a kink and then people were putting grease and all their other shit down the, down the drains. And it basically backed up to the point where there was no way for it to get out. So because I was the last house, well, first, uh, first place for it to pop back up. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> that was fun. Um, and then the condo basically had to rip up the road, redo all the piping. It was like a three, $400,000 fix or something along those lines. Uh, and right before I moved out, the, uh, condo fees uh, went up. No special assessment. I don't believe, I don't remember but I think I feel like I'd remember that, but the condo fees went up, I think about $150 a month, a uh, couple months before oh, wow. I sold. So sorry to everyone in that neighborhood, but uh, you know, brand new pipes, everyone's pipes are it clean, clear, their fault <laughs> out of control. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pretty wild. But in those cases, I mean, that's a case where, you know, you're not going to, if that, if that happened, I, mean, I guess the city would have covered it if it was a city home, but there's a lot of instances where, you know, I, the reason why I was saying that originally is because the condo itself was actually excellent. Like, you know, in the winter, mm. 6 a.m., plows are there, maintenance in the summer, grass is always well-kept, maintained. Like, it was it was a very well-kept condo. So that that fee you're paying 
is, you know, if you had a single family home, it's like paying a, a you know, literally like a lawn care driveway maintenance. Like you're, you, it's like paying all these things on top of it mm-hmm. separately. Like you said, Dave, like a lot of them will cover cold, you know, water, heat, things like that. So, you know, if it covers all your, if it covers all your, uh, utilities and also lawn maintenance, snow removal, et cetera. I mean, it, it, not saying it's a break even, but there is a, there is an investment there as well. So mm-hmm. making sure that you're getting into a condo that's well-maintained is or well-managed is, uh, is very important if you're going that route. Um, the other thing to consider too, is that when we're factoring pre-approvals, typically around every $400 in condo fees will equate to about a hundred thousand dollars in purchase price. So if you're looking at, you know, a $300,000 condo with a $400 a month condo fee, that would also, if you remove that condo fee, you would likely qualify for a single family home of 400,000. So there's a very big factor there with the condo fees. Like it's a very important aspect of, of pre-approvals and, and of purchasing. So just make sure if you are looking at condos that you're very specific about that to your broker, or to your banks, so that they can make sure that they're properly assessing your numbers and that, um, you know, you know, you're going in there knowledgeable and, uh, and informed. Yeah. And that's why when I do, um, if I'm shopping with, you know, say row homes, you know, between like 300 and 450 or something like that. I always make sure that the buyers know that ahead of time because most of them have no idea, right? They're just like, oh, I'm approved for 400. Great. And then they'll look at a condo that's 400,000, not realizing that that's, you know, a $500,000 purchase, basically. They got to be. It it makes a big difference. And even on the pre approval side, when your bank or your broker is pre approving that, it's, uh, they're, you know, we're having to use a, a, a guesstimate of what, based on that, price that you would qualify for, um, what the, um, what that condo fee might be associated. So it's never going to be exact. And same with the property taxes, we have to kind of make that, that guesstimate, um, based on the area that you're shopping in things like that. We take that into account when doing your pre-approval. Um, and so when you're out shopping though, it's best to, you know, if you're like looking at any property, whether it's a freehold or a condo, but share that listing with, your mortgage broker before putting in an offer or anything like that, because those property taxes on every property are different. Condo fees on every property are different. And so all of these come into factor for qualifying. So it might be 400,000 you qualify for, but that's based on an estimated 3,500 property taxes mm-hmm. for a freehold. You're buying a condo and your 400,000 and the con and the property tax are 3,700 instead and condo fees of 300. That makes a big difference. And you're not going to qualify for 400,000 anymore. And so it, you know, certainly share those, uh, share those listings with your, your brand, with your broker, um, before any offer it's, uh, cause it will, fa- it does drastically affect things like Paul said. Well, should we, uh, gentlemen, should we get in the mood boost? Oh, yeah. Let me so. just, let me just end up with, let me just end up with these final numbers for the love of everything. It's so that I, I don't leave here with egg. <laughs> all over my face. So here, here are the right numbers. 250. It's not very far off. 259 sold 92 conditionally sold 501 active 17 increase in price, 78 decrease in price. Okay. Those are the final numbers that I'm giving you for the last seven days. Not including multi-unit or rentals. Okay. That's good. 500 is a, you know, it's 1% roughly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Let's do it. Mood boost. 
I'm going to go with four today. I'm going to same on the floor. We're in shootout, by the way, right now. So I've put I it am, on screen. I got it on. I got it on my laptop. Yeah, I'm, right I'm watching here. it. If I, if I cheer, you'll know why. Uh, <laughs> Sweden just missed their first shot, by the way. So, mood boost number one. Why did the espresso keep checking his watch? He was pressed for time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't use beef stew. This is number two. Don't use beef stew as a computer password. It's not strong enough. Oh, wow. 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 Right? wow. wow. Uh, number three. How did the barber win the race? He took a shortcut. <laughs> And last but not least, very topical. An infectious disease walks into a bar. The bartender says, we don't serve your kind here. And the disease replies, well, you're not a very good host. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And Sinclair Discord. So what's up for the weekend, gentlemen? What are we doing? Beautiful day today in Ottawa. Talk to me. Uh, I'm actually headed to the uh, Thousand I'm, Islands. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I was, uh, I'm heading up to the Thousand Islands to a uh, friend's cottage, and uh, another friend's got a boat up there as well. So go up there for the night. Should be fun. Haven't been, uh, haven't been all, all summer up there. So it'll be a nice change of, uh, change of scenery. No, I'm, um, I have something interesting happening. <laughs> no lack of fun here. So. We're leaving the cottage tomorrow morning and we're driving back to town where Anna is singing and I'm DJing at our friend's wedding mm. at the Navin Winery. That's yeah. great. Domain, Navin's a good spot. Domaine Perrault. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but we keep hearing it's going to rain like crazy. So, uh, and it'll be, and it'll be our kids' first wedding. They know their kids too. So it should be pretty fun. Yeah. Weddings are always a good time. I hope. Nice. Good dance party, especially with, uh, yeah. With that lineup with, yeah, with that lineup of, uh, of entertainment. Exactly. Are you selling tickets? Exactly. I might be wedding. I might be wedding crashing. What are you up to Paul? Uh, not too much. Gonna, uh, boys are, boys are coming over today. Um, gonna actually, uh, go to, uh, go to a friend's cottage as well. Uh, tonight, enjoy the sun. And uh, yeah, not too much, but we watched some of the Olympics. Take it easy. Little R&R. &R. Um, we're celebrating my eldest nice. son's birthday on Sunday. Little BBQ. Um, yeah, all in all, going to be a great weekend. Looking forward to it. This week has gone very quickly, uh, but very, uh, very long at the same time. So I'm looking forward to, <laughs> looking forward to the weekend. Um, <laughs> as always, uh, as always, we'll be here next Friday, 10 a.m recording live and the episodes are released on tuesdays 10 a.m on youtube every podcast platform and uh lastly just a shout out to north brew again northbrew.ca uh james rankin only oh, oh wow locally owned and operated and uh if you're interested in some coffee just uh type in the promo code podcast and you'll get 20 percent off your order We'll see you next week. It's a great call. <laughs> Have a great week, gentlemen. All right. Go Canada. Deuces.
The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.